red coats are coming. The red coats are coming. The red coats are coming. Why did they come? Oh, yeah, because it was because of the taxes. Taxes, taxes, and more taxes on our shoes, our clothes, our sugar, our paper, our food, and our teas. And the tea, what was it? Celebration eventually started the revolution, right? Well, guys, we've been working on the American Revolution for about a week or so, and we have the basic idea of how the American Revolution started. The problem that we're having is that we are not connecting feeling to actual events. So, to help do a... To help us get us where we need to be when we start entering the American Revolution next week, we are going to do a crash course on this part of history before the American Revolution happened. this whole fight just started in Britain. There was all these people who were ruled by a king, you know, monarchy. One complete person, one person who was very mean, and these people didn't like it. It was basically a, you live under my rule, you live under my thumb, and you have to do what I say. Well, these people were done with it, so they decided to pack up their bags, say, uh, bye-bye, and head over to what was going to become the United States. When they got here, they settled, and it took a about 10 years attention finally growing for the kickoff of the American Revolution to actually start. It all started with the French and Indian War in 1756-1763. This war was also known as the Seven Year War. During this time, the French were expanding in the Ohio Valley, and the British did not go for this. They were not okay. They might be all the way across the ocean, but they were not cool with their people expanding other places. The Native Americans in Spain both eventually joined together joined forces with France to help defeat the Redcoats and King George III. Now let's just go through these. There are some key players that are introduced. First off being the Redcoats. As I mentioned, the Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are basically just British soldiers. And King George III was the big old bad king that everybody packed up and moved on from. They tried to basically break up with him and he was not having any of it. Shortly after that, the Stand Act of 1765 was instated. This put tax on all paper products, such as newspaper, playing cards, birth and death certificates, almanacs, and even dice. The colonists were upset that no representation was given to them in Parliament where the decisions were being made. So yes, the colonists came over to this new country, but technically they were still part of Britain, so they were part of Parliament. Parliament is just basically a British form of Congress, and these colonists, since they decided to leave, had no representation and they still had to listen to the king. So, right after that came the Townshend Act of 1767. Basically, an act is just a law, and you'll hear that word act come up a lot over the next few minutes. The Townshend Act was a new tax on British China, 
glass, lead, paint, paper, and tea. So anything that the British made, they were getting taxed on. The British believed that the colonists should have to pay for their protection. So Britain was basically sending over a bunch of soldiers saying, hey, we still own you, but you're going to pay for the protection from the people that we're sending. The colonists boycotted British goods to avoid the tax. So basically what was happening is that Britain said, hey, you guys cannot survive without our products. And the colonists said, um, yeah, we can. During this time, the Sons of Liberty and the Daughters of Liberty were in great play. The Daughters of Liberty were actually making clothes, um, paper, things that they needed that they were not getting from Britain once they decided to boycott their goods. Here is another great place to stop and say, okay, how is everybody feeling? Well, colonists are starting to get super, super angry because they are getting taxed on literally everything that they are buying from Britain. And no, they are not really established enough to start making their own things at this point. So they do rely on Britain for a lot of things. So they're upset. King George thinks that he is kind of on the upper hand here. He is a little bit worried about money. So that's why he's implementing these taxes so he can help replenish the money that he lost on the French and Indian War. And he thinks that his subjects, even if they left him, should have to pay for it and also pay for the protection that is coming from the violence of his soldiers that he sent over. It's pretty messed up at this point. This leads us right into the Boston Massacre, happened on March 5th, 1770 on King Street in Boston, Massachusetts. Pretty much the Redcoats came out to enforce the laws and the acts that had been in place. Colonists got mad and started throwing snowballs at these Redcoats. Now guys, I know what you guys were thinking. Snowballs, what? You guys even asked me the other day, what would snowballs do if the Redcoats had guns? Well, people were putting things in these snowballs. Guys, don't they? They were just throwing snowballs. They were putting ice in them. They were putting rocks in them, sticks, anything that could hurt these Redcoats soldiers. So in response, our Redcoats opened fire. Five people died as casualties in the Boston Massacre. Now, these Redcoats just opened fire. These colonists are so mad. So next comes the Tea Act of 1773. The colonists were only allowed to buy tea from the British East India Company. So, what happened with the Tea Act is that they go, they go, okay, well, now you can only buy tea from this one specific area, and now you're going to have to pay even more taxes on it than you were paying before, because King George III still needs his money to pay for this war. This made the people mad. So those Sons of Liberty that I was talking about earlier, that's when they came into play. The Sons of Liberty is basically a group of patriots that used actions to push back against the Loyalists in the British Parliament. The Sons of Liberty were the ones that actually pushed the tea over the side of the boats during the Boston Tea Party, which we'll talk about here in a second. The members, the key players of the Sons of Liberty, included Paul Revere, Samuel Adams, and John Hancock. So, here's the Boston Tea Party of 1773. It happened in Griffin's Wharf in Boston, Massachusetts. The colonists 
such as the Sons of Liberty, dressed as Native Americans, and in total dumped 342 chests of tea into the harbor. You guys are probably thinking, how did that happen? Well, they dressed as Native Americans, and while it was night, they snuck onto this ship so they could do this act. Nobody knew that it was coming, and it came as a great surprise to Britain. The, t- the amount of tea that they threw at the harbor would cost over a million dollars in today's money. That's how much product that they got rid of, and that's how much product that they caused King George to lose. This leads us right into the Boston Massacre, happened on March 5th, 1770, on King Street in Boston, Massachusetts. Pretty much the Redcoats came out to enforce the laws and the acts that had been in place. Colonists got mad and started throwing snowballs at these Redcoats. Now guys, I know what you guys were thinking. Snowballs? What? You guys even asked me the other day, what would snowballs do if the Redcoats had guns? Well, people were putting things in these snowballs. Guys, don't think they were just throwing snowballs. They were putting ice in them. They were putting rocks in them. Sticks. Anything that could hurt these Redcoats soldiers. So, in response, our Redcoats opened fire. Five people died as casualties in the Boston Massacre. Now, these Redcoats just opened fire. These colonists are so mad. So, next comes the Tea Act of 1773. The colonists were only allowed to buy tea from the British East India Company. So, what happened with the Tea Act is that they're, they go, okay, well, now you can only buy tea from this one specific area, and now you're going to have to pay even more taxes on it than you were paying before, because King George III still needs his money to pay for this war. This made the people mad. So those Sons of Liberty that I was talking about earlier, that's when they came into play. The Sons of Liberty is basically a group of patriots that used actions to push back against the Loyalists in the British Parliament. The Sons of Liberty were the ones that actually pushed the tea over the side of the boats during the Boston Tea Party, which we'll talk about here in a second. The members, the key players of the Sons of Liberty, included Paul Revere, Samuel Adams, and John Hancock. So, here's the Boston Tea Party of 1773. It happened in Griffin's Wharf in Boston, Massachusetts. The colonists such as the Sons of Liberty, dressed as Native Americans, and in total dumped 342 chests of tea into the harbor. You guys are probably thinking, how did that happen? Well, they dressed as Native Americans, and while it was night, they snuck onto this ship so they could do this act. Nobody knew that it was coming, and it came as a great surprise to Britain. The the amount of tea that they threw at the harbor would cost over a million dollars in today's money. That's how much product that they got rid of, and that's how much product that they caused King George to lose. So at this point, you guys are probably thinking, okay, what happens next? These people, these colonists, these Sons of Liberty just got so mad, and they just cost King George a million dollars in today's money. Now, let's see where these people are. The colonists are mad. They are retaliating. They are retaliating because of the cruel treatment that the Redcoats treated their people like. 
They just wanted to get away from King George's rule, and it didn't seem that no matter how far that they went, they were still under his thumb. They ended up paying more taxes on everything, paper, tea, even sugar. There was also a sugar act thrown in there. Guys, they weren't able to buy anything without this extra tax to pay for the war that King George III needed to pay for. So they are mad. They have retaliated because people have now died from the Boston Massacre. So the Tea Party was greatly in response to that happening, which only helped the tension grow even more. Now think about how King George is feeling at this point. King George III is probably super mad because his people, his loyal subjects, have abandoned him. They have left him. He tried to get them back. And when they wouldn't come back, he decided to tax them because he still needed things from them. Well, now he has had the Boston Massacre, that blood on his hands. And now his loyal subjects, the people who he thought loved him so much, have just retaliated against him and cost him a whole bunch of money. So that's where people are right now. But let's fast forward a little bit to the First Continental Congress of 1774. This was comprised of George Washington, Samuel and John Adams, and Patrick Henry. As you can see, these are all, already some key players that we've already had in this podcast, such as George Washington um, in the French and Indian War and John and Samuel Adams, who were also part of the Boston Tea Party. These people, the First Continental Congress, spoke with Parliament, that British form of Congress, about no taxation without representation. They said, hey, you should be putting taxes on us if we don't have a person, if we do not have a representative, a voice to speak out for us and say, hey, this is wrong. In the end, the colonists just wanted to be heard. They were not getting heard at all. They wanted to be heard. They tried to make a statement by leaving. Nobody listened to him. Instead, they got a whole army sent after them. They wanted to be heard again, but instead they got shot in the streets during the Boston Massacre. This First Continental Congress was made to create that representation, and they needed to speak to our Parliament about it. After that, the Intolerable Acts happened. Um, the Boston Port Act, remember an act is just a law, the act closed Boston Harbor to trade until the money was paid back for damages of the Boston Tea Party. So King George just basically said, hey, y'all need to give me back my money, and until you do, you guys aren't getting in and out of your harbor. You guys are not getting anything from my country or any other country for that fact. We are going to blockade you. We are going to keep you from coming in. Blockade was just basically when they took a bunch of ships and they made a line around their dock so nobody can go in or out. They were stuck there. Next came the Quartering Act. Colonists had to provide food and shelter and whatever else British soldiers might soldiers may need. So the colonists were still under King George's thumb and King George said, okay, here's the quartering act. Um, quarter just basically means to stay in somebody's house or stay somewhere. King George just said, okay, hey, like whatever my soldiers need, you need to provide it for them. Food, shelter, whatever. They can come in and they can pretty much just take all your money, all your food and all your shelter, which happened a lot. These British soldiers were usually super, super crude to the people that they made them keep or made them provide shelter for. Next came the Massachusetts Government Act. Massachusetts Government Council was turned into an appointed group, which basically meant that the Massachusetts Governor Council, which was originally made up by settlers from Massachusetts, were taken 
out of their seats and were re-chosen by the British. After that came the administration of the Justice Act. The British officials were... These were pretty much the main events that led up to the American Revolution. And from that point, things only got worse and eventually started the American Revolution. Now, in the next unit, we're going to go over the American Revolution and things that actually happened afterwards. But we needed to have this understanding of how the people were feeling. So at the end of this, you have to know that King George has tried to take back a little bit of control here by emplacing these intolerable acts, which you'll see here pretty soon that that didn't really work. So now we're leaving this with King George being mad, but feel, feeling that he's the ruler. And we have the colonists super, super mad, but kind of suppressed at this point. They're not very um, optimistic right now. So before we end and before we continue on to the next unit, I just want to kind of do a summary. Now, remember, tension was just disagreeing with somebody. An act was a law. Replenish was to refill or put back. Um, boycotting is when they refused to pay. We talked about the British Parliament, which was the British form of Congress. We talked about intolerable, which basically just meant unbearable. And prosecution, which just meant that they were going to be charged with a crime. Guys, just remember these types of acts and these laws that led to the American Revolution. Because that will really help next week as we go into our next unit. Well, that's today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it and be ready for class tomorrow. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. Why did they come? Oh, yeah, because it was because of the taxes. Taxes, taxes, and more taxes on our shoes, our clothes, our sugar, our paper, our food, and our teas. And the tea, what was it, celebration eventually started the revolution, right? Well, guys, we've been working on the American Revolution for about a week or so, and we have the basic idea of how the American Revolution started. The problem that we're having is that we are not connecting feeling to actual events. So, to help do a help us get us where we need to be when we start entering the American Revolution next week, we are going to do a crash course on this part of history before the American Revolution happened. It all started with the French and Indian War in 1756-1763. This war was also known as the Seven Year War. During this time, the French were expanding in the Ohio Valley, and the British did not go for this. They were not okay. They might be all the way across the ocean, but they were not cool with their people expanding other places. The Native Americans in Spain both eventually joined together joined forces with France to help defeat the Redcoats and King George III. Now let's just go through these. There are some key players that are introduced. First off being the Redcoats. As I mentioned, the Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are basically just British soldiers. And King George III was the big old bad king that everybody packed up and moved on from. They tried to basically break up with him and he was not having any of it.
It all started with the French and Indian War in 1756-1763. This war was also known as the Seven Year War. During this time, the French were expanding in the Ohio Valley, and the British did not go for this. They were not okay. They might be all the way across the ocean, but they were not cool with their people expanding other places. The Native Americans in Spain both eventually joined together joined forces with France to help defeat the Redcoats and King George III. Now let's just go through these. There are some key players that are introduced. First off being the Redcoats. As I mentioned, the Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are basically just British soldiers. And King George III was the big old bad king that everybody packed up and moved on from. They tried to basically break up with him and he was not having any of it. It all started with the French and Indian War in 1756-1763. This war was also known as the Seven Year War. During this time, the French were expanding in the Ohio Valley, and the British did not go for this. They were not okay. They might be all the way across the ocean, but they were not cool with their people expanding other places. The Native Americans in Spain both eventually joined together joined forces with France to help defeat the Redcoats and King George III. Now let's just go through these. There are some key players that are introduced. First off being the Redcoats. As I mentioned, the Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are basically just British soldiers. And King George III was the big old bad king that everybody packed up and moved on from. They tried to basically break up with him and he was not having any of it. So basically this whole fight just started in Britain. There was all these people who were ruled by a king, you know, monarchy, one complete person, one person who was very mean and these people didn't like it. It was basically a, you live under my rule, you live under my thumb and you have to do what I say. Well, these group people were done with it. So they decided to pack up their bags, say uh, bye bye and head over to what was going to become the United States. When they got here, they settled and it took about 10 years attention finally growing for the kickoff of the American Revolution to actually start. The British are coming. The British are coming. The British are coming? Uh, no. We are having a little bit of trouble here with this French and India. Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. Why did they come? Oh, yeah, because it was because of the taxes. Taxes, taxes, and more taxes on our shoes, our clothes, our sugar, our paper, our food, and our teas. And the tea, what was it? Celebration eventually started the revolution, right? Well, guys, we've been working on the American Revolution for about a week or so, and we have the basic idea of how the American Revolution started. The problem that we're having is that we are not connecting feeling to actual events. So, to help do a 
help us get us where we need to be when we start entering the American Revolution next week. We are going to do a crash course on this part of history before the American Revolution happened.